I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next interview is with three people, Chato, Robert Behar, and Elmudena Caracedo, and we talk about their new film, The Silence of Others. This is a film about Spain's battles over, I guess you could say, its, its, its bloody uh, past. We, we, we talk about the pact of forgetting, we talk about right to truth, and we talk about memory and in, 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 in crimes of the dictatorship of the time. We talked about the past, the present, and the future, and about, about this idea of non-repetition. And, 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 and Chato talks a great deal about this building a movement and what it was about uh, this, this social justice uh, ethos, I guess you could say, of the culture at the time. And we, we talk about dying in peace and about something uh, referred to as an empathy engine. This is a film that uh, you're going you're gonna to want to see. It's 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 beautiful. It's uh, it, it's tragic. It's unsettling. It's a challenge. It's an affirmation of of what it means to be uh, human and what it means to be a better human. It seems to me. Uh, so so, get out and see the film when it when it hits a theater soon. It's it's currently at Hot Docs, but it's also uh, I hope an interview that you're going to take something from and and enjoy as we explore again this idea of justice and of memory and of forgetting and and. and and the power of film. Uh, don't forget davidpecklive.com for more uh, information about my speaking and my writing, and also face-to-facelive.ca for, for many other interviews. Uh, and, in, and in the last little while, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of documentarians, and coming right up, The Silence of Others, talking with Robert Behar, Chato, and Almudena Caracedo. Well, welcome to Face to Face. Uh, I'm currently uh, sitting here at, in, in Toronto. Hot Docs is uh, rolling and I'm here with three very special guests to talk about their new film, The Silence of Others. We have Robert Behar, uh, Almudina Caracedo, and Chato here with us. Thank you uh, so much for joining me here today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, so would one of you uh, uh, want to take, and, and by the way, uh, congratulations uh, on the film. It's, it's, a, it, it's a brilliant piece. Uh, 
I, I, I hope everyone sees this film for so many reasons. And it, it was, it was um, moving and, and, and so rewarding because uh, so many things that I, uh, I didn't know, uh, so many layers that you guys peeled back. And like any great documentary, you, you hit so many uh, uh, subjects. We're talking about memory and reconciliation and forgiveness in the past and history and, and politics and, and revenge and hatred. And it just, it's, and I've, I've just started. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank anyway, you. Can, you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what The Silence of Others I I is about? And, and, and we'll go from there. Robert? So, The, the Silence of Others um, tells the story of the first attempt in history to prosecute crimes of Spain's Franco dictatorship. And so, many people don't realize it, but um, Spain had a dictatorship for 40 years. The dictator died in 1975. And to this day, 40 years later, there, the crimes of the dictatorship have never been prosecuted. Mm -hmm. And so you have situations like, um, for example, Chato, who um, we'll speak with in a minute, lives less than a kilometer from the policeman who tortured him in the early 70s. Everyone in Madrid knows, you know, it's Billy the Kid. Everyone in Madrid knows that that alleged torturer is there. Everyone knows that there are dozens of victims who have testified about him, but nothing can be done about it because Spain has an amnesty law. 1977. 1977 amnesty law that said that the crimes that occurred during the dictatorship would not be prosecuted. And so you have a situation in Spain today where you have victims of torture, you have um, cases of stolen children, and you have um, victims of extrajudicial killings that took place at the end of the Spanish Civil War and afterwards that have never been prosecuted. There are ma probably mass graves um, around Spain. They estimate more than 100,000 people, 100,000 bodies are in mass graves and there are families that are fighting for them and, um, and that in many cases are being blocked from being able to recuperate, uh, recover those remains. So, I mean, like I said earlier, the film is about so many things. Right. Is it is it really is this about justice? Is this about is this about memory and, and truth? Like getting getting to the to, to the real issues because there's so many different factors here. I mean, Chato is living on a street, I believe. That that he's living on a street named, named after one of the generals, right? Who who killed what four thousand people yeah. during the Spanish so, War? So so there so so the, and I want to get into this pact, the, the pact, the of, pact forgetting of forgetting is uh, forgetting. I mean, how can anyone even begin to forget? I mean, there is somebody that, right. that you... Especially when it's imposed. Can, can, well, it's imposed, can, can exactly. Can forgetting be imposed on right. people, right? This is, a, this is amnesty, right. but amnesty right. by, uh, by, by imposition. Right. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, it's, I think it's a film about all the things that you just said, right? It's a film about, um, about justice with a capital J. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a film about the right to truth. And, um, it, and, and, and it's about memory as well, right? And so I, I think that um, for us, it was really beautiful to be able to, to capture the development of the Argentine lawsuit, which is, we can talk about it, you know, it's a universal jurisdiction process based in Argentina, trying the crimes of Franco in Spain, um, and to, cover, to, to be able to follow this movement over the years. We filmed for six years. And so I think it was very important to, to be able to do that so that we could 
see sort of the, the evolution of the movement and also the evolution of the characters as mm. as as, mm. as you know more and more people come in because the people that start are basically just a few right and then you can see how there's more and more people come in and it kind of parallels the transformation of Spanish society in the last seven years literally a lot of things have changed like right. Right. this has been back into the public agenda into the political agenda you know when we started the film people would tell us well why what are you doing? Why, this, why bother? You know? Right. And well, don't. Like, isn't there a woman in the film at one point who said, "We just, we just need to forget and we need to move on." Right. And right. I would imagine that's pretty right. much. And, and she was. We we have it in there because I think she represents sort of like that collective. It's there's a learned narrative in mm. Spain that we've learned since you know we we're raised. It's true. About what to do with this past, and what we learned is. It's better to forget. We must move on. We can't go right, back to right, the past. Right. As if in Spain, anyone would go back to the Civil War. I mean, it's been 40 years of democracy. There are many deficiencies in that democracy, but certainly is, is, is mature enough to be able to face this today. And so I think one of the things that the film tries to do is to question kind of about the present, because it's a film about the present. It's not so much about the past, but about mm. that present struggle and it questions like it asks like what what do we do in 2018 in Spain with this kind right. of thousands and hundreds of thousands of victims well, and, but and, also what do we do internationally well you know? and, and isn't it a film about the future as well isn't it about the choices we haven't it, made it, yet there, there's right. this moment in the film where Chacho says we are not fighting for the past we mm. are fighting for the future mm. and the film is all about the future and it's all about both you know both the future specifically of victims in Spain who have been either marginalized or made invisible in this process mm -hmm. but it's also about a bigger sense of future in terms of younger generations learning this story understanding the origins of um, you know of their their history in in a certain sense well, and, and, and for me, I think, it, uh, you know, with my background in international development and so on, it's got to be about global justice as well, well and, and, and about stronger institutions it, overall, right. that we, at least we hope. Absolutely. And, and, and so we're getting requests um, from Algeria, from Lebanon, from the Balkans. Mm -hmm. You know, plans to show the film in Sri Lanka and Colombia. Amazing. Because this process, tragically, of societies suffering a conflict and mm. having to deal with questions of perpetrators retaining impunity, right. victims being caught in silence. This is something that unfortunately is common. It's, yeah. But in many parts of the world, you see societies that <clears throat> then do find a way to do some kind of transitional justice process, some way sure. to look at sure. truth, sure. pursue yeah. justice, yeah. Yep. some kind of measures of reparation, and then to, to work towards non-repetition. Right, nice. And all yep. of those four things um, are missing in the case of Spain. It's and we hope that the, the act of making a film will be a step towards some of those things. Well, and clearly, um, stories like Shadows are, 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 uh, are kind of the catalyst, are they not, for for this uh you you hope a groundswell i love how in the film that with the text you know the dates come up and and the numbers of plaintiffs slowly grow i right. mean i could feel the tension right. of that right. <laughs> right. you know the silence but the tension of it as well right because you know? i think what we wanted to do with the film and, and that's also why it took so long right mm. is to tell the film through uh the characters 
right, to just avoid this, you know, like the narrative of the numbers, for example, right. very often, right? We wanted to just uh, just have a more human story and for people to be able to walk in, in the characters, in the shoes of the characters, you know, understand what it feels to be in their skin. Um, and so what we want is for people, as you were saying, to be part of this journey. It's mm-hmm. a very intimate journey because mm-hmm. it's basically Robert and me intimate. filming. And, the, alone, woman, and the woman at the beginning who everyone will fall in love with. Um, Maria Martin. And, and, and right. is it her that says how unjust life is? And yes. then she says, not no. life, we humans are unjust. We humans I mean, are this unjust. Is, this is the way the film starts. And I mean, right. just talk about nailed it, right? right. It seems, yeah. how is it that we can... Yeah, how I mean, it's a huge question, and we don't have time to get into it now. <laughs> right. But we, like you say, non-repetition. Right. How right. do how do we keep going right. there? It's right. a huge right. question. I mean, it, but as you say, it frames the film. You know, mm-hmm. that's what the film mm-hmm. is about. Mm-hmm. How could it be that we can be so unjust? And what can we do to be less unjust? Right. You know. Exactly. So, so how does this guy get involved? Chato, ¿cómo te involucras en la película? ¿Cómo empieza todo? No. Yo no, yo no pensaba eh, I didn't que, think que that hubiera lugar a una película sobre there was going to be a eh, film about el, el proceso, the process. Estábamos construyendo we were building a movement con el, con el objetivo with de, the goal of, de, de, de el of being recognized the right to justice. Mm. Our idea Que debía de ser algo, is that it had to be something este for the momento, present of the present moment. No era la civil, it was not about the civil war. It was not even about the transition. Actual, we wanted something no to be about the present because it cannot be justified politically or morally that we still have the, this condition, the situation where we are. With our sentences still not being annulled, with our torturers being uh, given medals in democracy, with mass graves still out there without those bodies being uh, recovered, with huge monuments to war criminals, that all of that was not acceptable, not just for us as victims, but for the entire society. This society, and especially that generation of grandchildren that had started doing exhumations, they needed to recover a history that has been stolen from them. And we felt that we had to achieve for that to be back into the political agenda and in the social uh, present. Because to recover those conditions of living together in democracy was the goal for which we had been fighting against a dictatorship, right? And we didn't achieve it, and we felt that we had to achieve it. 
social, it was something very social where we wanted to involve the feminist movement, the unions, the memory movements, the society in general, but we never thought that it would be a movie. <laughs> have, you, have you always considered yourself uh, a bit of an activist? Somebody, somebody, who, somebody who pushes back? I say all my life <laughs> that's what I've been doing at 18 at 19 I started fighting against the dictatorship in Spain I'm detained, tortured processed, sentenced jailed when I exit the jail I continue fighting for the same, same type of social demands. I actually started in the ecology movement, and in a certain moment, I decided we had to go to Argentina to look for the justice that our country denied for us and to build a movement. So I'm fascinated. Where, where do you, all of you, I guess, you know, six years to make the film. And I mean, as I, as I interview more documentarians and the amount of commitment and passion, you know, where, where, where do you find the energy? Where, and it's energy is the wrong word. But where do you find that uh, uh, co co uh, commitment, calling, I guess is a better word, calling to stay, to stick with this for, for right. so long? Um, for me, it's a very personal issue because I grew up in Spain during the transition. And so mm -hmm. I grew up in a very politicized society, in a politicized family. And so I, I kind of experienced that. But then as I grew up um, and I started working on social movements, this was not an issue that our generation thought we had to fight for. It was not it was not something that we thought was necessary to fight for. It was not even present, you know. Mm -hmm. We fought for every type of struggle all over the world, but it, it was not part of our collective political uh, work, you know. Um, and so, as I, you know, I... It, but it was something that was just stuck in me, like something that pained me, right? Just, I imagine my parents running in the demonstrations thinking they could have died, too. Like many, you know, hundreds of people died in the, during the transition, you know, fighting for this for these changes, you know, before Franco died and right after. Um, and so it's something that stayed with me for a long time. And I think there came a point where I realized we had just finished a film about um, immigrant workers in L.A. Mm. fighting for their dignity and their rights. And it just struck, it struck a chord with me. And I mm. thought, you know, how could it be that I'm here and we mm. are spending our lives you know, working with these people so that they're visible when there's this other thing that's happening so near me that I just don't dare to touch, that, that, you know? That is silent. That is invisible. That's silent. It's and, invisible, and, and, right? And, yeah. and you bring out in the film, not, not taught in schools. It's not taught in schools. It's not discussed publicly. And again, there's been a huge change in society right. in the last years. But this is something that no, no one talked about. Even themselves, like the generation of Tato, like they didn't deal with issue until, this issue until very recently. The, the generation of the grandchildren started doing exhumations in 2000. Until then, basically, this issue was not discussed. And their generation, the, the late years of Franco, people who were, uh, you know, tortured and experienced this repression, they started organizing in 2010. So mm -hmm. this is a very mm -hmm. recent movement where none of us actually uh, 
touch this issue for many reasons. For, for many people, for, for many reasons, it's not. It's for not many just people, black or white. it was yeah. wanting to indeed really forget a, right. a time of like deep sorrow, and for other people, it was a way to put the back and to put the past back, even though obviously the past is present. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I love such a beautiful film, gorgeous uh, cinematography, but the images of the statues right, right. are absolutely stunning. And you return to them several. I'm getting right. goosebumps actually thinking about it in the sun and, and the way it's shot. But what, one of the things that really stood out to me was obviously the sculpture. I'd love to see them. I'd love to feel them, touch them. But uh, the sculptor saying that there was a bullet hole shot in it. Right. And for him or her, I'm not sure, that was, that was the completion right. of the sculpture. And so I wondered... Is there a movement, is there a group of people that are still pushing back and saying, no, no, we're not interested. We, we, we do not want to go here. I mean, it, you certainly seem to suggest that's the case. Yeah. And there's quite a large group, actually, by the sounds of it. But I thought that was quite remarkable that the sculptor said, no, it's now finished. The piece is complete. So in, in the, the story of the, the sculptures is, is, is quite amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? And so the sculptor... Um, came and he actually came with us to Berlin. He was oh. at the premiere at wow. Francisco wow. Tedania. Wow! Um, and and and, and so, so yes, he created this incredible monument, these sculptures up on a mountain top, um, which is a monument to honor the the memory of those lost in the civil war and the dictatorship. And the same day as the inauguration of the statues, someone shot the statues. And those bullet holes in the statues do represent a somewhat narrow yet strong mm-hmm. opposition mm. to bringing back this story. Um, I think what we've seen, though, I mean, and, and so we understand that there is a sector of society that won't be open to the stories that are told in this film. But I think what we're seeing is that, um, and of course, on the other side, there's a sector on, on the left that without doubt, you, you know, already is educated about this and will support this. What's really interesting is that right now there's a lot of movement in the middle, and both because younger generations may not know these stories and because there are newer generations of politicians coming in, um, we think this is a moment when mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. can reach a wider audience and when it will turn out that especially if you make a film that tries to come at this not so much with like interviews and with rhetoric, but through the humanity right. of the story, that this is actually a moment where there is an openness in society right. and where a film that starts from that point of view of the humanity can help catalyze conversation and open do you think, and I'd love to hear from any of you about this, but Absolutely. You, you know, because I, I mean, I'm, my background's in philosophy academically, so <laughs> I'm all about the question, I'm all about the dialogue. Right. Right. Let's just have a great conversation, and I don't want it ever to end, yeah. right? <laughs> open, up, open up a bottle <laughs> of wine, and let's keep going, you know? I'm there with yeah, you. Yeah, and so, so, so that's why it's kind of frustrating doing these, the these podcast interviews and, and knowing I've got to end it in 12 minutes, you right. know? It's uh, the, the kind of conversation that... That's right. There's going to be a part two, I think, for yes. sure. Yeah. Do you think conversation is what's going to change, you know, hearts and minds? I mean, I can't, I couldn't help but think about some of the, seeing some of the images of some of the stuff that's going on absolutely today. You know, we don't have to go too far. Al Jazeera, BBC News, we could pop it up right now. We could find some stories that are 
eerily similar to what was going on in Spain many years ago. And this whole idea of coming out of the Holocaust, out of, out of Germany, never again. Right. This will never happen again. Right. And then we see, we, what do we do? We kill about 100 million people in the 20th century. The war to end all wars. Right, exactly. Right. And, 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 the, and the genocide and the killing continues. So it's got to start somewhere. Right. I think it starts with great film. I think it starts with, with powerful uh, stories and people who are willing to push back um, and conversation. But is there, is, there, is there a call to action here maybe? Yes, but, I mean, yeah. we... We absolutely believe in the power of film to change minds mm. and to change structures, too. I mean, not only do we believe in it, we've seen it happen. Mm. I mean, with our previous film, we toured for three years with it. And I could assure you that I've seen people being transformed mm. just from the beginning of the film to the end, you know. Yeah, that's cool. uh, Thinking differently about immigrant uh, workers, for example, you know. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen it not just once or twice, but hundreds of times. And, and there are plenty of examples of other films that have done this kind of impact campaign where you have achieved a, a real shift in the perception of a population. Um, as it, with, with this film, we are actually preparing that kind of campaign. I mean, in having theatrical distribution in Canada and in, in other places, in France, and it's going to be also in Spain. Which you just got, by the way, right? Yeah, we just got yeah, it, actually. Just announced. It's stocks. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. That's Thank amazing. You very much. But it is wonderful, because we want this to get everywhere. And, and Canada is, is a very, you know, I think it's a very important place to, for people to be able to see it, you know. And so, um, but we are preparing, actually, this sort of impact campaign that can work along uh, sort of uh, traditional distribution because the idea is not just to be in theaters, but to be everywhere. Right. For example, in Spain, we want to take the film to every little town, not just to places with so theater. Uh, and just take a mobile cinema or just go to cultural centers, you know. And, 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 and we truly believe, and it's not naive, it's we've seen it happen, that the film can help transform uh, the conversation. Um, and that's why we made it. You know, we could have made a film in a year that could reach sort of our core audience, right? Like the people. Or you could have you could have written a book, right? <laughs> you could have written the book, right, exactly. Right. And which right? I'm sure there are some, but yeah, there, there are they're, some, they're, and they're, they're very important. Ones, but what we wanted to do actually is to reach beyond uh, what's called our choir, beyond mm -hmm. beyond our mm -hmm. niche audience, mm -hmm. right? So the people that would never have thought this way, that would never have sat to sit and to talk to one of these people, one of these victims. Um, because we do strongly believe in the power of film to create dialogue um, and to change minds. you want to add anything? Well, well I, I think I'll add a couple of things, and I think this is definitely a question to bring Chateau in on. Because the film really has this power to change the culture around something. Mm -hmm. you, you know, so we've shown the film to people who politically, probably if you ask them before seeing the film, how they felt about should street names be changed? Right. right. What should happen concretely about you know a road where there might be a mass grave? You know those kinds of things. If you'd asked them before, they might have said you know best to leave the past alone. Right. This is ridiculous. This is, Let's just move on. Well, but but even if it's they wouldn't say it's ridiculous necessarily. They might just say oh it's impractical. Right. Or you know, for right. society you're just going to why reopen that? After seeing the film, we've had people say. Well, now I actually understand why it's completely mm. inappropriate mm. for a victim to live on a street named after a general who killed people in the war or why, mm. you, you know, all these cases. And, and so there are some very concrete. Well, it's about, em it's about empathy, isn't it? 
And isn't that what is, we get right out of the gate with your opening establishing shots, essentially? <laughs> right? It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm empathizing with what's going on in Spain. And I mean, I think, I, I think that's one of the beauties of film, right? It's, 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 it's empathy on the screen. Some people say that film is an empathy engine. Mm, and film nice, is, nice. you know, a motor for, for that. And so, I mean, I think ultimately there are some very concrete asks. You, there mm. are you when mm. you think about that sort of truth, justice, reparation, guarantee of no repetition, right? So the film helps bring out the truth, but there could be judicial processes that would help bring out the truth. Um, you obviously, Chateau and other victims are working towards certain kinds of justice. There are measures towards reparation, which could include um, you know, things like changing street names, things like creating monuments to victims. Um, the, the sculptures. The, the, the sculptures, but also, you know, the, cent the building in Madrid that was De Heese, that was the center, the police headquarters. Right, right. Well, tourists are in front of that building every day, but there's no plaque there that says for 20 years people were tortured here. Right, right. Um, but but I wonder if we should. There's a whole array of reparations. I mean, nationwide for a state to apologize, you right. know, and to recognize what happened, all the way down to little towns. Like if one, sure. uh, uh, you know, people were killed and they're still officially criminals because all those sentences have right. not been revoked, right. Right? right? Right. And so for a little town to say, okay, your father was not a criminal. He was. He just happened to be in a union, or he happened to be the mayor of a town, you know, or he happened to just have had some sympathy. You know. Well, now you're raising two questions about complicity, right? At right. what point was the culture around just complicit with what was actually well, going on and the pact of forgetting but the at vote, all, right? At all and points, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, so yeah. From, from all the way of nation to little towns, there are many acts of reparation that can help someone die in peace, you know? Mm. Um, memorialization, for example, you know? Just things like that are sometimes are so small and they can be achieved at a local level right, uh, before right, you actually right, go national. Right. But you know, I, I, so... Yeah, go. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Sobre la capacidad de la película para transformar, ¿no? Y también los cambios concretos que que queremos buscar con la película. Sí, sí. Bueno, la la capacidad antes hablaba de que yo no Before, I was talking that I wasn't sure that this could belong in a film, this whole struggle. And today I'm convinced precisely it's a tool, a fundamental tool to bring into our society this problem. Yo creo que ese I es think that el que pude jugar that's the el, role el, el that the film can, can have to make esa parte de la for that part of society que ha al that has lived on the side of that reality la, la to y face that reality and to be able to read their own history, to understand the repercussion of that history over the present situation in our country. En, en ese sentido, in that sense, creo que, I think la, that la, la the film means a huge advancement over other types of documentaries centered in the Civil War or even in the transition. 
This film is the narrative of the people that today are fighting for justice, truth, and reparation, the principles of human rights, basic human rights. And just you pose it to the, to the whole society to, to discuss it because this society is ready to overcome this, which is a black page. Absolutely, no doubt. It's true that I've gone through the jail. It's a situation, it's a situation is much better than the one I had in jail. <laughs> and just five years ago, we couldn't even dream that this subject could actually be, have the role that it has now in the political agenda or even in the social reality of our country. Can, can I ask you, we have to wrap it up sadly, can I ask you one last question? A woman I think in the film who, who was talking about her baby who had, that had been taken said, I think it was a woman who said, how can, how can we live with this truth in our hearts? And it's one of, one of my it's favorite hidden lines. hidden in our hearts, yes. she says. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering, I, I think, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm, the question's open to all of us, but I'm, I think for Chato, I'd, I'd be interested to know what, what is it that, that allowed you to keep moving forward? I mean, it's that sense of hope, I guess, but is it something else? Family, community? And he has about a minute. <laughs> Which is so it's the need that the, for the next generations are able to close this story once and for all. Not, not to leave this inheritance, such a pitiful inheritance, such a Franco, Francoism, to the society of our country. We didn't deserve it, but our grandchildren don't deserve it. It's, it's, about, it's about the future. It's about the future. We kind of come full circle. I can't tell you how... how, how, how uh, how thrilled I am to have met you all and thank, and, you, so and thank much. you again for the film. Congratulations. Welcome to Toronto. Thank uh, you so much. I wish you well uh, with all the Q&A and, the, hot, <laughs> and, the, and the, the presentations coming up. We've been talking about the silence of others with Robert Behar, Almudena Caracedo and Chato here today in Toronto. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 